Turn podcast. I'm your host Isaiah Jackson Jr. And if you was with us for the last week, man, we we done a lot. We went we I, we started a YouTube channel and we uploaded. I went on I went on Zoom with my friend Devin Crimes and Cam Cousins, also known as Killer Cam, Killer Cam and Devin. See, I tried to I tried to get them to have wrestling names. I'm already Izzy, so I'm trying to get them wrestling names. Devin stuck with Devin and Cam is Killer Cam. So if you want your WWE ring name and want to be a part of the debates that we have on Zoom. You could DM us on Instagram at the Hill Turn Podcast, or you could DM us on Twitter at underscore the Hill Turn, and we can have a conversation. We could have a whole lot of fun. Me, Cam, and Devin definitely did. But anyway, on to the show because this is something I really do want to talk about, and that's WWE and this practice that they've been doing for it. Looks like they've been doing this for a while because with all the women wrestlers that from the past that have come out and spoke about this, it's it's pretty crazy. So if you're unaware, a couple days ago, April twenty second. Mickey James posted on Twitter, uh, Dear Vince McMahon, I'm not sure if you're aware, I did receive my WWE care package today. Thank you. And she is, it's a picture of a garbage bag. She got her stuff. She was released a couple a week or two ago from the WWE, and she got her stuff back in a garbage bag. If that's not the most humiliating, disrespectful thing that is ever, like, and this is a, this is, WWE's a big business. WWE's been out for a long time. We never, we never thought they would treat their of uh, their workers like this at all. Saying that, Stephanie McMahon uh, retweeted it, and she says, "I'm embarrassed. You or anyone else will be treated this way. I apologize personally and on behalf of WWE. The person responsible is no longer with our company. So that's good. He was quickly uh, fired, and that's 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 great to hear. And Triple H followed up by saying, upon learning of the disrespectful treatment." Some of our recently released talent received on behalf of the company, we took immediate action. The person responsible for this inconsiderate action has been fired and is no longer with WWE. So again, it's great to see WWE stand like speak out about this. But there's something sketchy about this and about everybody's apology. Now Stephanie's apology is pretty good. It looked pretty sincere. Triple H and John Laurinaitis had. If you go back and look at the tweets, they had the same exact apology tweet. So it seems like it wasn't even them typing it. It's kind of like their PR getting typing typing for them. And the crazy part is, I still haven't gotten to the worst part. Now, other WWE superstars, former uh, women's wrestlers, spoke out about this. Maria Kanellis retweeted and said, Was the person also fired from 2010? This is not the fault of that one individual. It is a company-wide cultural problem. It comes from the top. So insinuating... Like she was also one of the people that received a garbage bag as well at some point in time. Jillian Hall, if you guys remember her, she was known for being that horrible singer. She had that thing on her face with the boogeyman, and all oh my, oh that was that was I almost fainted back in the day. But even she came out and said, apparently I blamed the wrong person for my trash bag of ring gear over ten years ago. She's not with the company anymore, neither. So also saying she got a garbage bag as well 
and accused somebody else of giving it to her, and that person was fired. And somebody else got fired. Somebody got fired for this. I'm gonna get to that in a little bit. But Gail Kim also came out and said, "Well, I'm glad Hunter took initiative, but it's been happening since before I was there. Is it always the same person? At least they did something, I suppose." Now, Gail Kim is man. Gail Kim is, was there probably ten years ago, and so then this is this was happening before she was there. So this is like probably Lita Trish Stratus time, even before that. And it's sad that these women's women wrestlers have to have to go through something like this, and that's the reoccurring issue. Because I'm not hearing any uh, male WWE superstar say anything about this whatsoever. No male superstar has spoke out about this issue, saying that they've received their stuff in the mail or in the trash in some sort. And I forgot to add that we're ignoring the fact that Mickey James is a Hall of Famer. Mickey James is gonna be a Hall of Famer. Gail Kim was a really great wrestler. She, with every all the controversy she's been through and how she was used in the WWE, no, she's not nowhere near no Hall of Famer in any type of sort. But she was a great wrestler. Really, a uh, Julian Julian Hall really entertaining. She had that. You I already talked about that thing on her face with the boogeyman, and uh, that was just so gross and disturbing. But as entertaining as she was, believe it or not, you can say I'm wrong. This, this is debatable. But she's gonna be a Hall of Famer. She could potentially be a Hall of Famer. So being having these women's wrestlers treated like this and not even knowing how long this has been going on, that's filthy. That's trash. Now, Mark Carano is the rumored man to he was released from the WWE. No future endeavor, no uh, letter of release saying we wish him well. Just he's fired, he got the boot, and he's gone. So it's speculated he is the one that was uh, putting the stuff in the trash can. But that's, that's just so disgusting. And Gail Kim already spoke out and said Mark Carano was already a not not a nice person in general. So she didn't say it was him because she doesn't know. None of we're just speculating at this point, but she doesn't know it was him. But she said if it was, if even if it wasn't him, I hope this like him being fired is a wake up call and for him to be a lot nicer. So to wrap it all up, these women wrestlers deserve so much better. They wouldn't do nothing like this to Sasha Banks, Bailey. They they when so why Mickey James? Why a Hall of Famer? Why Jillian? Why all these great women wrestlers that put so much blood, sweat, and tears into your company just to get thrown out? It's already bad to release, and now they have to put get their stuff for, at at home sent to them in a trash bag. That's that's just that's horrible. And I'm glad that WWE put action to it and finally somebody got fired. The Heel Turn Podcast. Leads me to the next topic, and that's Daniel Bryan. And this story kind of concerns me. It really scares me a lot because Daniel Bryan talked about his WrestleMania match, the triple threat match he had with Edge and Roman Reigns. And he talked about his experience with it. And in his exact words, he said, it, this was weird. It was out there. It was almost like I felt detached. And it was like I was out there. And it was so strange, in fact, that before the match started, and I was, I got this really weird fear, feeling. I was like, oh, no. Is this what it's like right before you die? Am I going to die? <laughs> and, I was like, and I was like, huh, well, I mean, okay. You know, and I was, I, I, I was like, if that happens, that happens. But... <laughs> It was just, it was just a really bizarre feeling, you know, and I, I don't know, I don't know why or, or, or how that happened, but it was unlike pretty much anything I've ever felt while wrestling before. This man literally told everybody he thought he was going to die. 
I, that scares the literal crap out of me. Knowing that this man took time, had to retire because of all the health problems he had and the and the concussions that he sustained through throughout his career, and now he came back and he's winning titles and he's doing great. And I'd love to see him wrestle, but now he's having these revelations during the match in the biggest, grandest stage of them all, and he's talking about he thought he was gonna die. And he was having an out-of-body experience type. It's that scary. That scares me. I'm not a wrestler. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a physician. I'm just a man on a microphone. But that, I'm more for watching wrestlers be safe. Just be safe. I don't care about you wanting to entertain me when it comes to your safety. You, If you get thrown into millions of tables, that's cool. That's fun. That's fine. But I still, I would definitely love to check on you to see if you're okay. Because that was entertaining, but I want to make sure everything's all right. And I'm pretty sure all of us are like that. So hearing Daniel Bryan talk about this experience he had in this, on just sitting in the back at WrestleMania while you know laid out at certain points of time during the match, that's scary. His contract is up. He's going to, he, he's obviously not, probably not going to resign. He's going to be a part-time wrestler. He's going to resign, but to a... Probably a smaller, a smaller uh, schedule, a looser scheduled contract, and that's fine. I'm okay. I am 100% okay with that. You can clearly hear from my, you know, sad and scared voice because I don't want to see Daniel Bryan hurt again. I don't want to see nobody, especially somebody who sustained a crap load of concussions and head injuries, like Christian. Christian's wrestling right now. That freaks me out a little bit. Edge wrestling right now worries me a little bit. So why I don't mind my rest, my favorite wrestlers coming back. I just care more for their safety. So in saying that, Daniel Bryan has a match against Roman Reigns next week. <laughs> so that's and the, well, it comes with a stipulation. If when you lose, I don't ever want to see you again. I want you to disappear. I want you to vanish. I don't ever want to see your face on my show again. I don't ever want to see you floating around SmackDown ever again. Do you understand me? I accept. So in saying this, Daniel Bryan might lose, and I'm okay with that. I would just want to see Daniel Bryan drift off into the sunset. But how do you feel about that? I do want to know if you think Daniel Bryan, do you think he should take some time off, or do you think... He should continue to work full time. Do you think he's just, you know, do you think he's just overreacting? How do you feel about the situation? But I thought at the end of the day, I don't think it doesn't matter to all of us. We just want to see this man safe and sound. We want to see him wrestling for a decent while, but we just want to make sure he's safe at all. Save him. Protect Daniel Bryan at all costs. The Heel Turn Podcast. Going on to the next topic. Mainly about Karrion Cross, And this is this could be a chance this might actually happen. And that's if John Cena is ready. Now, how do they intertwine? Karrion Cross uh, was going through his tweets, obviously, one day. And somebody tweeted him that Cena needs to make a final exit and on the highest note possible. And he thinks Karrion Cross should be that guy to give John Cena that retirement match. And uh, Karrion Cross retweeted it and said, I will be honored and very ready. So in saying that, John Cena, a couple days later or the next day, Posted a, a picture of Karrion Cross on his Instagram page. To went to their Karrion Cross, posted a picture of John Cena 
on his Instagram page. So it's a possibility that uh, obviously this is just social media going back and forth, just speculation. But this this could be a chance this could happen, and I hope it does because Karrion Cross is a great wrestler. I couldn't see anybody else uh, putting down John Cena other than I would say Rom- Roman Reigns. You have uh you you have a crap load of people that can uh, bring John Cena down. Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, you know, Seth Rollins broke his nose. They have so much history there. But going back to Karrion Cross, uh, this this could be great. Karrion talked about John Cena in his uh, interview with Sports Illustrated, and he pretty much just said uh, he was a person that improved the industry through hard work. And for those that don't know, Karrion Cross had to uh, relinquish his NXT title when he beat Keith Lee, and he relinquished it because he had a, a, soldier, a shoulder injury. And for those that know, John Cena is the GOAT at recovering from injuries. As we all know, John Cena, the biggest memory, the biggest one that comes to mind is when John Cena returned from the to the 2008 Royal Rumble. And that was from a pectoral, a, a pectoral, a pectoral injury, so something about the neck, some, some type of neck injury. But he was supposed to be gone for like that whole year, like eight months, and he came back in like four. And th- that, was, that was ridiculous. So Karrion Cross said that, uh, he remembered people calling uh, him Super Cena because how fast he recovered, and that was just inspiration to him. And that if there was any way he could do this, he would figure it out, and he's gonna do it. So man, I hope him and John Cena collide and go one on one because that would be intense. Carry across. I don't want to see John Cena choked out though. That's the last thing I want to see is John Cena get choked out. My biggest thing was I I thought John Cena was a superhero. So one day my friend showed me this video of uh, Kurt Angle. Tapping out John Cena, hitting him with the ankle lock, and John Cena tapping out. I was heartbroken, cause I was I was like John Cena never tapped out a day in his life. And watching that video, I was stunned. Do I want to see that now? No, he's still Super Cena in my eyes. I do want him and Karrion Cross to have a great match. This, it'll be incredible. And who's who knows when John Cena will come back? John Cena still part timing, still making that celebrity money, still making that movie money, that funny money, all that. So. John Cena's been, he stepped away from WWE for a little bit. So we don't know when or if he will come back. So this is something just speculated. It's fun to think about, but I really do hope it happens. The Heel Turn Podcast. I might just keep this intro just because just I like smooth and into the dream matches. And uh, this dream match is gonna be kind of weird. You guys might be with me on this. You might not. This might be. This might make sense. This might be stupid. You might even click off right after I say this. But listen to me. This is not even a dream match. I'm gonna tell you how this is gonna work because I really think this could be a match that can stop us from being so annoyed at the man known as Baron Corbin. Now Baron Corbin. He's a we we were entertained with him when he was in NXT. Long hair, lone wolf kind of character. I was uh, it's a shame he didn't get an NXT title, but it's, it was pretty great. Everything he did down in NXT, his feud with Apollo Cruz, it was amazing. Uh, Baron Corbin was an awesome in-ring performer. He still is. He still is a good in-ring performer, but we he, we've gone sour with him. And when I say that, that means he's always he's always in the videos, always in the commercials, dancing, nuts playing. But like in general, he's just he's always on screen. 
and he's always in the way of everything. He doesn't, every time he's on screen, he ruins something. He ruined the Hurt Business. He ruined uh, Roman, he tries to ruin Roman Reigns by putting dog food all over him, him and Dolph Ziggler. That was a stupid feud. King Corbin was pretty cool, but all other than that, he's usually just in the way. And so, uh, one way to get him into his own heelish character is Mick Foley. That is my dream match for today. Mick Foley versus Baron Corbin in a hardcore match. And I say this because the only people, the people that come out of hardcore matches for Mick Foley turn out pretty great and have successful careers as heels. And then the only two people I'm referring to is Edge and Randy Orton, who both who had great hardcore matches. And it was, oh, it was so brutal. But that was the, those were the matches that led them over the top. Edge already had Lita. That was fine, but he had that, now he had that, that, no pun intended, that edge, that drive to him, that, okay, I just lasted. You know, I just lasted with Mick Foley you know, through a hardcore, I just speared this man through a, through a fiery table. Like, they did, that was a, a, a hellacious match. And then you look at Randy Orton. Randy Orton tried to hit this man with an RKO, fell on some thumbtacks. He had to go backstage. Randy Orton and Mick Foley had to fight backstage. We couldn't even, the cameraman didn't even follow them backstage. I'm pretty sure Randy Orton was getting all the nails and stuff out of his body because it was it just looked so painful. And then he got thrown off the off the stage and into some table. Like the whole match was incredible. So it's, and this led to having both Randy and Edge having great careers, especially as heels. And I think that's what Barry Corbin needs. You cannot tell me that a deep six, a deep six on a fiery table isn't hard. You can't tell me that's not cold. That's a pretty, I think that's a pretty good, uh, a pretty good spot to have in a match. Or even that, Baron Corbin hitting, now this is gonna sound horrible. This, this is gonna sound tragic. And I'm, I know, I don't want this to happen. I'm just seeing, I'm just saying this because I know Mick Foley's kind of psychotic. So him having, having Baron Corbin hit him with the end of days on some thumbtacks and both of them taking the brute force of it. You know, stuff like that. That's the entertaining, that's the edge that Baron Corbin needs. I'm not saying Baron Corbin should win, I'm not nowhere near saying that. I'm just saying Baron Corbin needs that one match that leads him to the next level, that brings him to that next level caliber. Because he, he doesn't have it right now. He doesn't at all. And we who knows when when we'll see it. Well, we don't think so. He's had he's had to suffer through so much. And granted, he did have all the backstage problems with him going off on some doctors about concussions and just going. That's what made him lose his push. Because he's won the Money in the Bank title. He's won the Money in the Bank briefcase. So he's had some type of success. He was king of the ring. He's also won the U.S. title, but also he's won the most hated man, the most hated wrestler, the most uh, overrated, the most worst gimmick in Constable Barry Corbin. So I think he needs Mick Foley. He needs to win that match, obviously. That's what he needs to do. But all in all, I think he really needs that hardcore match to push him over the top and be a top star in the WWE. But at the end of the day, thank you for listening. Uh, follow us on Twitter at underscore the hill turn follow us on instagram at the hill turn podcast we're on itunes spotify and soundcloud so please check in rate subscribe and review thank you for listening and we'll see you guys next time. thank you for listening to the heel turn podcast check us out on itunes and spotify every saturday for more wrestling news and to be a part of the conversation make sure to follow us on instagram at the heel turn podcast and on twitter at underscore the heel turn